Vossie here. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Remember, you can catch Breakfast with Vossie and Brandy live 6am to 9am weekdays. Just tune your radio to 1170am in Sydney. Sport the Law on Breakfast with Vossie and Brandy. For Bryden's lawyers, let our team of professionals help with your legal matter. Good morning, Lee. Uh, good morning, Greg. Good morning, James. How are you, boys? Uh, we're going good. Yeah, we're going good. Um, now, question for you. The NRL looking to buy the UK Super League, um, as reported by Matty Johns first on SEN. We'll, we'll just, let's have a listen to this. Rumour I'm hearing, boys, and I mean, it's been mooted a little bit, but it's getting stronger that the NRL is seriously looking to possibly buy the English Rugby League and move it back and move it back to, in, in England to be a winter sport. Yep. And that way, it may broadens the base. It adds to the depth of both competitions because players can go over and have guest stints and things like that. Like One of the things that really helped the game over there were guys like Peter Sterling, Brett Kenny, and those guys going over and having those short stints with Wigan and Leeds and Castleford and whatnot. You know, they really miss that over there. Lee, what sort of due diligence would the NRL have to do there? You know, looking through and reviewing contracts. Obviously, this is a big expertise of yourself and Brighton's lawyers. Uh, quite a bit, of course. I mean, it would be no no uh, dissimilar to any other business purchase or business acquisition. There's a lot of due diligence that would need to be done. None of this comes as a surprise, of course. Peter Vlandeth has made it very, very clear that asset acquisition is his priority so as to future-proof the game. But the Super League is, is a business. So the first thing you'd look at, of course, are the financials. They would hand over the books. You look at the balance sheet and the like. You look at what assets they have. You look at what liabilities there are. And then you get into the weeds, things like what sponsorship deals there are available and what you would be committed to, what the broadcasting deal would be, what the licences for the clubs, what the arrangements are there, any liabilities there, any exposure. Uh, you look at the grounds that are available for the Super League. What are the, the leasing arrangements with local councils? Are those grounds owned or not? Uh, and then you would go through, perhaps even consider any future government intervention that could impact upon the game. For example, the ban on gambling advertising, which is being touted at the moment, and I think is a foregone conclusion within the next 12 months to 24 months. So all the things are brought into account. But at the end of the day, a lot of it comes down to gut feel. You know, you get all the, uh, all the facts and the figures, but uh, the commission here would have to make a decision as to whether or not they think this is an asset that would add uh, to uh, the, the commission's uh, future proofing of the game by ac- asset acquisition or whether it may be a bit risky. And uh, ultimately, they'll make that call. But uh, there's a lot to be said for investigating the, uh, the possibility further. Just as a fan of the game, Lee, like it or lump it, buying the Super League? I like it, um, yeah. I'm a very keen advocate for asset acquisition. You, know, you, you, you buy things that, that, that add to your own brand, that add to your own business, uh, that can um, uh, provide some crossover as well. I mean, the, what, what Matty was talking about, players going backwards and forwards. I, I remember those days when the, the players would finish the season here and head off to England for three or four months. And I think there was a lot to be said for that. So I know Blocker Roach is a very big advocate for that, about sending the young ones here to England mm. for a year or two. So I think there's a lot to be said for it. Mm, yeah, I, I, I think there is. It's all happening, isn't it? We're, we're talking about buying buying another league. We're conference systems, bringing in an 18th team. Uh, there is plenty happening with the game, and we're just about to play our, our you know two games in, in Las Vegas, which is uh, remarkable. Now, NRL player obligations when reporting incidents to the integrity unit 
Off the back of Luciano Leilua not tipping off his former club that he had a drink driving charge, I think it was just some random um, news reporter that was in mm. court and just heard his name. Yeah. And said, well, oh, hang on. Well, the name like Luciano, this? you can't get away with <laughs> no, much. <laughs> no, there's, there's not many of those running around. Luciano no. Leilua. But uh, player obligations, Lee. Yeah, I think uh, I think Big Luch got this one wrong. Um, under the Australian law, of course, we have uh, all a right to silence, which we enjoy entrenched uh, at both federal and state level. But by virtue of the NRL contract, uh, the NRL rules and the NRL code of conduct, uh, players' right to silence has been removed. Uh, there are numerous and onerous obligations on players uh, not to do anything that would adversely impact upon the integrity of the game or the player themselves or the club. Now, there is an old adage that the cover-up of the crime sometimes is worse than the crime itself, and that might apply here. You see, Luciano and all players, bound by the terms of their contract, uh, have an obligation to report any suspected breach or breach of the rules to the NRL and to the club. So uh, I think there's a slap on the wrist probably likely to result from that. But I'm, I'm, knowing Luch as I do, I'm sure it's just a, an innocent oversight. Uh, didn't think it's a major deal. I mean, it's a very, very low reading, 0.052. Just, just crept into the low range. Mm. Yeah, very unlucky. Um, but uh, as I say, there are obligations and there are consequences. And then I'm sure the NRL will um, intervene. Across in the AFL, Lee, uh, back end of last year, Joel Smith, was stood down after testing positive to cocaine. Now he's been accused of trafficking the drug. What are the repercussions here for Joel? Do they have the no-fault stand-down policy over there in the AFL? Uh, potentially very serious uh, for him. He was looking at a, um, a suspension of three months, of course, originally. Um, now that they've got access to his phone and text messages and the like, and they've determined that there are grounds to make the very serious allegation of trafficking, uh, he's now looking at a four-year minimum ban. Uh, there are uh, the criminal laws, of course, to contend with. The, the, the law does recognise that people will have a certain amount of illicit drugs on themselves at times for personal use. But then when it reaches a certain level, a certain quantity, uh, there is a presumption of trafficking. And in New South Wales, for example, under the Drug Misuse and Trafficking Act, it provides for three grams of cocaine. If you have three grams of, or more of cocaine on you, then there is a presumption of trafficking. So I think that uh, you'll find the Sport Integrity uh, Australia may feel obliged to bring this matter to the attention of the authorities if it hasn't already gotten there because there are criminal consequences as well for that level of um, possession. Uh, and this story, no shock uh, as to the result or what might happen to him. Northern Territory footballer recently released from jail facing a huge suspension after throwing a teenage umpire to the ground. I, I, I would say that he could be just kicked out of the sport, full stop. Yeah, life ban. Uh, absolutely correct. But I also understand, was, was he on parole at the time as well? I yes, think, he, yes he was. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Well, that, that, that doubles down on the level of stupidity, doesn't it? Because, I mean, parole is when an offender, of course, is released to serve the balance of their sentence uh, in the community. Now, it's it's got an altruistic purpose, of course, to uh, enable that person to be supervised and support their reintegration into society uh, before the end of their sentence. However, they do not tolerate breaches of the parole uh, well at all. 
And so you can assume now that having breached his parole, he's likely to be imprisoned again to serve the balance of the original sentence. Mm. And then they'll add some GST on top of that, of course, for the most, um, the most recent assault. Yeah, not, not, not a particularly clever play. No, no. Um, Lee, you're looking forward to the, the season getting underway and, and you'll be watching the, the games uh, broadcast from Vegas? No, ab- absolutely. No, very excited about it. I, I was listening, to the, did, I was driving in this morning though, Brandy, I was listening to your comments about the size of the field. Mm. And I thought that was very interesting because I don't think people realise just yet how problematic that may be. They, these athletes are so finely tuned to the size of the field so far as their running and kicking is concerned. Yep. Uh, I think it could be more problematic than what people think. Yeah, I, I think the kickers and, you know, James, uh, you know, we've got some great kickers, some of the best over there, mm. DCE and, um, and Adam Reynolds, um, Luke Keary. I don't think the kicking will be that much of a, an issue, but mm. the, the size of the field and just the defence and just, just how much room they have, it's almost like you feel like it, it's sort of like having, you know, it's like a game of rugby union. You've got too many players on the field. Mm. Uh, you know, yeah. they, they probably should exit one. Have a twelve man may game, reduce then, the spectacle, but but then it's not a, then it's not a, a true competition game if you've got one yeah. less player on the field. But uh, it could be an issue, uh, mm. but it'll be fantastic, whatever it is. What, what you know? Oh, if, absolutely, if, I, if, I agree. They, they'll they'll adjust to it, and um, mm. it's just going to be one great spectacle. No, no, all very exciting, and credit to. Um, uh, Andrew and to Peter Vlanders as well, uh, visionaries. Uh, I think it's going to be a huge success and it may form part of the calendar permanently moving forwards. All right. Well, good luck watching the games on the weekend, Lee. We're all looking forward to it. Thanks for joining us again on Breakfast with Vossie and Brandy. Take care, fellas. Have a great week. See you late. Sport the Law on Breakfast with Vossie and Brandy. For Bryden's lawyers, let our team of professionals help with your legal matter. Brandy here. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Remember, you can catch Breakfast with Vossie and Brandy live 6am to 9am weekdays. Just tune your radio into 1170am in Sydney.